Reactions to the Sixers getting bounced in six games. What should they do next? As well as our thoughts on every other playoff series. We recorded this on Friday, May 13th, right before the Celtics and Bucks tipped off. So you're going to hear us talk a little bit about what we thought we were going to expect to see in Game 6. Obviously, the Celtics forced Game 7 behind a phenomenal performance by Jason Tatum. And that was one of the things we kind of predicted as well. But it's a two-parter because we told you guys we were going to do a look back at the 2013 NFL Draft as well as pick out some parts of the new NFL schedule, games we were interested in, maybe divisions we were paying attention to. I think you guys are going to really like it. Again, this is all recorded on Friday, May 13th. Two-part, the first part coming out on the 14th. We'll do the second part on the 16th. Um, also tonight on the 14th going down, Jamel Charlo against Costanzo, part two. The first fight was amazing, ended in a draw. The second one's going down tonight. I'm not going to give you guys my prediction on what I expect to see in the fight because I think it's going to be another close fight. And I think the first one, when you go back, it's almost like two fights in one. The first half compared to the second half when Charlo kind of got more aggressive and was really chasing down Costanzo for the last four to five rounds of that fight. So I'll give you guys my reaction after the fight, and I'll include that for part two. But with that being said, man, this is the opinionated ones. Time to get to it. What's really good, and welcome back to another segment of the Opinionated Ones brought to you by the Sanchez Show. As always, I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend of Two Games. Got my main man, Mr. Unpopular Opinion, the number one Charger fan in the world, Will Gordon. Will, what's going on, man? What's good with you, man? I'm chilling. What's up with you? Hey, you already know what it is, man. It's that time of year. I, I, listen, sports is never stopping. It's ever evolving. So every week, it seems like we got something new. I'm, I'm just happy we got a lot to talk about this week because... We got to get your reactions to this game fives. Obviously, we're transitioning to game six. We're recording this, obviously, before Boston and Milwaukee tip off for game six tonight. So as we're recording, there may be points where we talk about what's going on. Uh, but I got to get your, your thoughts on that. Uh, NFL schedule just came out yesterday. So I, I know there's a couple games you already have circled and that you want to talk about. And then, as we talked about before, retroactive look back on the 2013 NFL draft, which was the last draft that had one quarterback selected in the first round. We won't go too in-depth on it, but mainly what we want to focus on was some of the bad picks and then what some of those grades looked like at the time compared to what they obviously turned out to be. So let's get into some NBA talk first. Um, I'll let you decide what series we want to start with. If we look back to yesterday, Miami finished off Philly. Phoenix continues to struggle as Luka now forces a game seven. And then tonight we have game six, Golden State at home against Memphis. And then Milwaukee looking to close out Boston tonight. Which series do you want to start with? Uh, I think we start out with uh, Philly getting up out of there yesterday. Getting process? Out Miami Heat. The process? Yeah, the process, man. The process cheese. Yeah. Let's, let's start there. That's a good point. Now, there's already been... Uh, conversations had and, and comments made Daryl Morgan came out today and said Doc Rivers will be the head coach next year I'm not sure if they should have came to that conclusion so quickly but Doc will be the head coach next year obviously they want James Harden back where does Philly go from here this is the fourth time in five years they've been knocked out in the second round they can't get past the second round where do they go from here you know what it's man if you Philly I think you're building it wrong I mean and, I, and the reason I say that is, okay, let me first say Joel Embiid is one of the best players in the league. Uh, MVP candidate year in and year out now. Um, 
nobody can guard him. Like his talents, his talent, you know, you can't deny it. But when was the last time a team won the championship when their big man was the best player on the team? Um, obviously, we're we're talking what maybe eight years ago when I don't even know if Tim Duncan was still the best player on that last Spurs team. Tony probably was the best player at that point. But yeah, you're, you're talking either 2014 Spurs who beat Miami. You're talking before that, you're talking what's that? 08 Celtics, 07 Celtics who beat the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Those are really the last two instances over the last 15 years. Exactly. And the way the game is played now, where the game has moved outside way more so than it is an inside game, I don't think you can win a championship in today's NBA where the big man is the best man on the floor. Yeah, and I want I want to throw I want to throw Dirk in there as well, but we know Dirk was a very unique skill set for a big man. Right. right. But yeah, as, as like a seven footer, like you know, three hundred pound dude, that's not that's not the blueprint for NBA championships anymore. And if you're going to build around, continue to build around him. I think you're going to get a lot of similar results every year because that's just not the way it's done anymore. Like, look, like if you look at the teams that's won the championship, the guards are usually, you know, LeBron as as the exception because he's pretty much was positionless. The guards pretty much dominate championship play. Um, the best players are the guards. Or the, you know the the, uh, the small forwards, the shooters, the guys on the perimeter, not guys that are better served 15 feet in, and that's what you got with Philly. Yeah, so I agree with some of what you said. I do think they're building it wrong, and I agree with you that the game has transitioned to a point where the guards, the guard play is so pivotal in being able to win that you you've got to be centered your game plan has to be centered around guards you need great ball handlers you need great creators you need great shooters where i where i kind of differ with you is i think you can win with joel and b the problem is and and to your point of building it wrong is that elton brand i think rushed the process and to me elton brand has a lot of blame on this situation yeah everybody's gonna talk about daryl moore wanting to get james harden and rightfully so that's his man he held out to get james harden but I just want to remind people, when Elton Brand took over this job, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons was still very young. They had the number three overall pick in the draft. They traded up to get Markel Fultz. They could have got Jason Tatum with that pick instead of moving up. Yeah. The very next year, and I apologize if I'm off by a year or two, but I believe the very next year, Mikel Bridges was their selection, and then they traded him to Phoenix. So they could have built this team with really good perimeter players around Joel Embiid. But since they made those bad draft day decisions, they end up making worse trades because then they traded for Tobias Harris. They traded for Jimmy Butler. And of course, Jimmy Butler made the comments yesterday. I think Jimmy Butler was was somewhat truthful in what he said. He wasn't going to stay in Philly. Jimmy Butler did not like Brent Brown. He did not like Ben Simmons. He said as much on the JJ Reddick podcast that during some team meetings, he already saw that in his words, Brent Brown was kind of a coward. Brent Brown wasn't going to call anybody out or hold anybody accountable. And Jimmy said, I didn't want to be around that culture. So 
Jimmy could say, oh, he want, oh, I wanted to stay here. Maybe he did want to play with Embiid, but he didn't want to play for Brent Brown. So he wasn't going to stay there anyway. He was going to try to get up out of there. And I understand that. It's it's all worked out well for Jimmy. Obviously, since he's less, left Philly, he's been to two Eastern Conference championships. He's been to one NBA Finals. So he has had the last laugh and it's worked out for him. But for Philly, to me, the issue really is they haven't built it right around Joel Embiid. There's a guy who's, again, back-to-back uh, run-up for the MVP. But last year, Ben Simmons, for whatever reason, just cowered it out. He had no heart in the playoffs. And for whatever reason this year, Ben Simmons' body took over James Harden. Because James Harden yesterday had two shots in the second half of an elimination game. That was awful. And to borrow from uh, Stephen A. Smith, I saw a clip online today. And he was talking about it. And he said, and I agree with him 100%. It looks. It was so bad that it looked like it was on purpose. You know, what you I mean? have to say that it it looked like it was on purpose. He he was disengaged. I mean, he was he wasn't even doing anything. Like I could see if two shots. That's we both know that's inexcusable. But I could see if you were making things happen in other aspects of the game, and he like he just was not at all. He was just completely absent. And we know we both know he's way better than that. And there's no there's no health issues that we're aware of. Um, I haven't heard anything about something going on off the court. It was completely inexcusable his performance. Um, he's he's a superstar in this league, but that was not a superstar performance at all. Um, you feel bad for playing beat that he didn't have his 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 best running mate. Um, show up, show up with him. But I mean, it is what it is. You get what you get with James Harden. This, it's not like he's got the most uh, pristine reputation as a competitor in this league. So, I mean, you 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 would expect more from him in an elimination situation in a playoff game. It's just it's very disappointing as a fan that that that's the outcome that we got because of a lack of effort. You know, every week, you know how I talk about effort. It's just very, very disheartening, very, very, very disappointing. That's all it was. It was effort. I mean, James Harden, on too many possessions, came down the court, gave up the ball, and then just stood around the three-point line and didn't do anything else. So, to me, this inexcusable. I think they're going to have some tough decisions to make, and I think Daryl Morey is going to have to call in the favor with James Harden. He's going to have to tell James Harden, just opt in the next year, and then we'll figure out what to do after that. But don't handicap us and, and opt out and enforce our hand to give you the max now because we're already kind of cap strapped. We got Tobias Harris, that that ugly contract that's still sitting on the books. And we just can't afford to now try to max you at this moment until we figure out what we're going to do with Tobias. But I thought James Harden was terrible the last two games. Um, I feel really bad for Embiid, as I told you. I think it's a tough situation because everything we've asked of Embiid, and when I say we, I mean people who talk about the game, people who love the game, People even close to the game. One of the first knocks on him was get in better shape and play more games. He started doing that. Then we wanted him to expand his game. He started doing that. Then we wanted him to start showing leadership. He started doing that. He played last year on one leg and was averaging 30 points in a playoff series. He played this year with a broken face and a torn ligament in his thumb. Like, when is James Harden or anybody else, James Harden specifically, because you're supposed to be the number two guy, when are you going to say, yo, let me carry us for a little bit? And we never oh, saw it. He gave you one game. He gave us a half. He played a good second half of game four. Yeah, yeah that's that's all he gave you. 
But all right, this is where Mr. Unpopular Opinion comes in. We talked Let about him a little it. bit the other night. Let him have talked it. About a little bit the other night. Um, what game was it that the MVP uh, vote came out? The winner of the MVP. What game uh, was that? Right before Game Five. Okay. That's the game when Joel he went like what like uh seven for eleven or seven for twelve in that game. Seven for twelve. Okay. Um, and I remember you were very frustrated with the uh with his lack of touches. We'll say. I agree. Yep. Um, down around the basket, but I don't. I didn't really see him being very engaged in that game. Um. Seven for twelve. That's you know that's a good percentage, but I never saw him call for the basketball. I never saw him demand the ball. I never saw him wave anybody off. He was more so kind of just the guy that was out there running plays, um, not not being the superstar that I expect him to be. And I saw a lot of moping that game. I, I, I don't know. That's just just me. I saw a lot of pouting, a lot of moping. Um, my man Chris, uh, what's the reporter? Chris Boussard. Chris Haynes. No, oh, Chris, Chris Haynes. Haynes. Yeah, sideline. Yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris Haynes said uh, before the game, I saw in the um, coverage on NBA TV that Joel was away from everyone um, all prior to the game. That he was sitting away by himself, which is not that he said it's not him. If you know Joel, that's not how he is at all. I'm. Like if you really are that affected that you didn't get a, a an award and you're in the middle of 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 a battle trying to win an NBA championship, you're letting that personal uh that personal award affect you to the point where you're where you're pouty and moping and just going through the motions. Which to me, that's what he was doing in Game Five. I really that kind of that shows me a little weakness. I mean, he's a. No, I'm not talking about physical weakness. I'm talking about mental, because, like yeah, said, mental toughness. Mental toughness yeah, in the face of adversity. It's, it's the mental toughness because I can't question his physical toughness. Like you said, he's been playing with countless injuries. But when you got to put that kind of stuff to the side, man. When you, when you're in the middle of it, and that was the, your opportunity to prove to the world that that the voting was wrong, that you should have been MVP. And a lot of people, I know, including yourself, were expecting him to come out and show, like, hey, I'm, I'm the MVP and this is why. And I didn't really see that from him. Another thing about Joel Embiid, and this just came up today at work with my boys, when I'm looking at the criticism that he had of uh, James Harden last night after the loss, when he said, you know, we were... I, I read this this morning, like a quote, and I thought it was just, like, you know... You know how you can't believe everything you read. When he said we thought we were getting the Houston James, Harden, like I was like nobody was saying. He said no, no. He didn't. He didn't say that. He well, said well, well, he said ahead, if, if he said he is a playmaker now. So for the people who think we were getting the Houston James Harden, he's not that. Well, exactly. Well, well yeah. I, I'll say this: the, the the quote did not come across come across well. Um, I believe but it's, what it's, I'm saying is that's not the first time. No, no, but we got James. I, was, I mean, hold on, hold on, let me, 
Let me, let, me, let, me, let me say something on that one, though, real quick, before you before you keep going. Go ahead. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, because um, he, he was talking about this as well. One of the things that he talked about behind the scenes was that Embiid wanted Bill more than James Harden. And so he, again, this is speculation because no one's gotten an opportunity to ask Joel to, like, on that, that quote. But he felt like that was Joel's way of, like, sending it back to the front office like i i didn't want this guy this your guy this is the guy you wanted i wanted the other guy and then this is what happened so that might have been his shot more at the front office than actually james Harden. okay maybe but what i'm saying is this ain't the first time not at he all has, he has called out a teammate but i don't mind it in his face i, I do. don't mind it i do because you're supposed to keep that in the locker room no no call, call if you gotta call a guy out call it call him out but that's supposed to be that's you know win lose or draw that's your brother. You're supposed to keep that in the Fair. locker room, in house. And he doesn't like last year. I mean, while warranted, the criticism of Ben Simmons. While warranted, we shouldn't be hearing that criticism. They should hear that in the locker room. This year, we shouldn't hear any excuses or you know the little underhanded stuff about James Harden. We shouldn't we shouldn't be hearing these criticisms from him. That stuff should be that's that's the stuff for us to say. It's not for him to say, especially as the leader of the team. You really should be keeping that stuff in house. That's just that's just been a rule in every sport that I've ever known. If you got a problem, you keep it in you keep it in house. That's not to be blurred out to the media. He does this repeatedly, and nobody has called him out on it. I'm gonna take this opportunity right now on the Sanchez show, the opinionated ones. This ain't the way. This ain't the way. You ain't supposed to be doing this. And and in in this era of social media and you know, it's it's almost applauded. Where, like you said, you don't mind it. Where we don't. That's for us to say though. Is what I'm saying. It's not for you you to say about your teammate. Keep that stuff in the locker room. I really question his leadership. I really question like that. That part, mixed with the sulking that I saw when the MVP vote came out, I got I got a couple questions about the just just above the shoulders of uh, Joel and B, man. And that's and listen, that's fair because again, he's the best player on his team. They can't seem to get out of the second round. Like you said, you make those type of comments. I think a lot of this has to do with the culture that was created within Philly. And like I said, Jimmy Butler spoke about it before. I think Embiid is getting to a point where now the frustration is starting to come to the surface and people are starting to see some of the things that's going on behind the scenes. Because again, every year things were being asked of Joel Embiid, but nothing was being asked of Ben Simmons. And now it's the same situation. It's like, you guys went out of your way to go get James Harden because he was your guy. There were other trades that Philly could have made, but Daryl Morey didn't want to make them. He could have got CJ McCollum. He didn't want CJ McCollum, right? He could have went and got possibly Tyrese Halliburton. He didn't want Halliburton. He wanted James Harden. And I think another part of this too is this is the culture now that Doc Rivers has created as well. Because guess what? Before we heard Joel's quote last year, whose quote we heard first? Doc Rivers, right? Doc Rivers, for for whatever reason, Doc Rivers has a lot of trouble taking accountability in the role he played for his teams being unsuccessful. The quotes he made yesterday made it seem as if Philly was some sort of underdog that no one saw making the second round of the playoffs. So yeah, he said we nobody expected us to be here. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how didn't anybody expect you to be there? 
I think uh, even before the season started, y'all had like probably the third best odds to make the finals. Only right. I think only Milwaukee and Brooklyn have better odds to go to the finals than you guys. So who who didn't expect you guys to be in the second round of the playoffs? And Doc Rivers was badly outcoached this whole series. I mean, you look at the they will run off the floor in all four losses of the series. Don't, none of those games were close that they lost. None of those games came down to a final possession or a couple possessions or if this turnover doesn't happen. Those games was over by the third quarter. So when was Doc going to make an adjustment, which is, to your point, yeah, I think Embiid probably could have been a little more assertive, but also the game plan was, was severely flawed. How many times did you see Embiid catching the ball by the free throw line and then facing up with no movement? Nobody's moving. Everybody's just standing around. And of course, it's making it easy for Miami now to double and triple team you because nobody else is moving off the ball. Just just give it to Joel and let's see what he, if he could do something for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a whole culture that needs to change there. Um, like I said, I think Elton Brand has drafted poorly. I think Daryl Morey made a bad trade. And I think they're going to regret committing to Doc Rivers so quickly. I think they should have taken some time, let this soak in and realize, all right, if Doc is the best guy, all right, then we'll work it out. But let's see what our options are, because I personally think we're about a year away before we start hearing the Joel Embiid wants out rumble. I think we're getting to that point now where, again, his frustrations are starting to come to the surface. Like you said, now people are starting to wonder about his leadership. But the organization, to me, is, is really flawed. I think Joel's going to want out of there if they face the same type of fate next year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that at all. Um, I would. I would. Uh, think of locations like, um, you know, Philly wouldn't want to do it, but I can see Joel. I can see Joel on South Beach. I can see Pat bringing him down there. You know what I mean? I Listen, think that'd be, Joel, yeah, there, there'll be plenty of shooters for Joel, there, especially if Jimmy's still out there. there there'll be a, yeah, there'll be plenty of shooters down uh, uh, trying to get to Joel. Um, let, let's talk about some of the other games, man. Uh, before we get into tonight's game, because Celtics Bucks about to tip off in a, in a few seconds. Uh, game six yesterday in Dallas. Now, I think you and I both were 100% right. We knew Luka was going to be busting Phoenix's ass every game of the series, which he has done. The surprising part has been the times that they've won, how much help he's gotten, specifically from Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie. But really, what's going on with Phoenix? Because Phoenix had the best record in basketball. We expected Phoenix to pretty much get at least to the Western Conference Finals without much of much of a fight from anyone. And yet, they were tested by New Orleans. They had to go six, and they had to find a way to scrap out of game six in New Orleans. Now they're going seven with Dallas. These are two teams that Phoenix is supposed to get rid of pretty quickly. What's going on there? I think it's a it's all a, a product of the greatness of Luka the Don, man. Because he's frustrating the hell out of that backcourt by himself. He's in Chris Paul's head. He's in Devin Booker's head. And the stuff with, you know, with Chris Paul and his family and Devin Book, like they, Phoenix is allowing a lot of outside, outside stuff to, to, to get in right now. And I think Luca is just the guy that can take advantage of it. You know what I mean? He's the, he's that kind of guy. Like, and you can see it and hear it on the court and the mic stuff stuff. Like he, he comes off as like kind of a little passive guy and then next minute you know he, he's cussing you out and busting your ass while he's doing it, you know what I mean? And Chris Paul and Devin Booker have just not really been able to, I don't think they're really focusing on the task at hand. It's more, they're making it more about Luka 
then they are making it about beating the Dallas Mavericks. Um, if that continues, we're going to see Dallas move on. Now, I would expect uh, Coach Monty Williams to rein in his guys and, you know, keep them on, keep them even killed. But he really hasn't done that thus, thus far. The game plan of letting Luca bust your ass and then the other guys, you know, are going to have to do their thing was cool at first, but now you got guys stepping up. Um, another guy that's stepped up that I can't believe I'm saying this, but Davis Bertans has given them some, some some huge minutes, and he's been shooting the basketball very well. Um, as long as the role players continue to play their role for Dallas, uh, Phoenix Phoenix might be going home a little bit earlier than most people thought. Yeah, that, that game seven is going to be interesting because I, I think uh, I, I think Luke is going to put a, really, a real scare in him. Because oh, yeah. they, they just can't guard him. And mm-hmm. Luca is exposing, you know, they're they're a Phoenix is a finesse team. Phoenix is not a physical team. They're a finesse team. And with a guy like Luca, you gotta be a little more physical. You you can't just play in finesse because he's too skilled. He he's gonna get whatever shot, he's gonna get to wherever he wants on the court. So you gotta have somebody who can at least muscle him a little bit and push him around a little bit and make him a little uncomfortable. I'm not saying it's gonna slow Luca down. He's still gonna get hit, but you gotta make it a little tougher. Right now, especially the shots he was getting yesterday, like Luca was just floating around the court. Like, I, oh, I want to get to the elbow here, so let me just position this guy he was over in the here. Park. Yeah, oh, he was in the park yesterday. Yeah, you know, it, it was, it was, and and it's to the point too where he got Monty Williams changing his rotation because you see, Monty can't even play Cameron Payne no more. Cameron Payne's yeah. too small. Every time Cameron's out there, Luca is yelling for the ball like, "Yo, watch out! He's way too small. He can't guard me." Now they can't even play Cameron. They was playing Landry Sham at that point yesterday because they're trying to find answers for, for more size to be able to defend Luka. So I think it's going to be very interesting game seven. I'm, I'm going to give Phoenix the advantage because Phoenix overall is the better team and you expect the role players won't play as well on the road. But Luka might have another 35-piece McNugget in his bag. Uh, and then it's just going to be able to see if maybe if Jalen Brunson can get him 20, maybe Finney Smith can knock down a couple threes or bird times, like you said, or maybe Dinwiddie gets hot for a quarter, and next thing you know, Dallas is moving on. I, I'd like to see Dallas move on. Um, I think, if anything, with Phoenix, you are going to see some desperate play. And when Chris Paul gets desperate, that's when he gets the most dangerous. Um, Lucas, my advice to him would be to wear a cup this next game make sure make sure you don't forget the cup because Chris Paul you know when you he, when he feels like he's in the corner you know it's, it's like an animal you don't you don't want to put a you don't want to put an animal in the corner and make him feel because that's when he starts that's when he starts putting them he starts putting them paws in the nether regions you know what I'm saying so cup up cup up and all things should be good but we'll see how it goes man. he be throwing a lot of low fives out there Dude, <laughs> it's a lot documented. Of oh it's yeah, documented. oh That's well documented. We know that. And well remember now, it's, it's also gotten chippy with Devin Booker because Booker and Luca been going at it a lot too. Yeah, exactly. So it, it could get very chippy. Game seven. Let's get into tonight's games, man. I know uh, again, Milwaukee, Boston is tipping off now. Um, we'll start there, and then obviously the, the Grizzlies, Warriors is after. But let's start there, Milwaukee, man. I gotta say. We knew, we knew Giannis was great. We both said that he was going to make this a very interesting series, even without Chris Middleton. Did we expect Giannis to be this good, though? Hell nah, man. Like, remember remember the old segment uh, 
fuck with it or, or, or fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. We're going to bring it back too, but yeah. <laughs> Yo, did, did we expect it? Fuck out of here. Ain't no way we expected it. This dude, and I say it every time we get together, every, he just continues to impress me, man. Like, I, he's slowly becoming out, you know, even, even though he don't wear the red, white, and blue, he's slowly becoming my favorite player in the NBA, man. And it's, it's unbelievable. Um, what I expect now with this game tonight is I expect a, another stellar performance out of him, maybe a, like 34, 35, 34, 35, around there, about 13, 12, 13 rebounds, you know what I mean? Um, do I expect him to close it out tonight? I don't. I do think we're going to see I do think tonight we're going to see a, a Kobe-esque performance from Jason Tatum. That's my, my prediction for tonight. I think Tatum might give you a 40-burger um, and show you that he is one of the best young players in this league. I expect Boston to win tonight, but I expect Milwaukee to win the series. Look, on the, on the, on the back of the great Greek freak, the great Greek freak. I think Milwaukee got to close it out tonight, and I think they will. Um, I, the human element of this is that if you're the Boston Celtics, you got to feel like you not only let game five get away, you also let game three get away. And if you're Boston, you should feel like we should easily be up 3-2 with an opportunity to win tonight. The greatness of Giannis continues to grow. Um, I'm, I don't even want to say I'm surprised, but he's, he's getting into that range of certain superstar players that you ex- that you don't even doubt shots are going in. You don't doubt their execution anymore. He's getting to that point now where when he shot well, that three the other day, the right when he shot that three the other day when they were down five, there wasn't a part of me that said, don't shoot it. It was almost like, okay, yeah. because we've seen it before. And we talked about that. Remember when they played Brooklyn earlier this year and he came down and hit a big three when you know they needed it. He's getting to that level now. And the beautiful thing to see with this Milwaukee team, and I know you can appreciate it because you and I are like-minded sports fans. I always appreciate teams that really went through the wars. And then when they come out the other side, you see like what those wars did for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Milwaukee got embarrassed a few years ago in the playoffs by Boston. Then they got embarrassed by Miami in the bubble two years ago, right? Then they had to go through the wars last year with Brooklyn. But when they came out of that and the execution got better, and then they were down 0-2 in the finals, all those moments led up to what we saw in game five because another team would have folded in that situation. Boston was up double digits late in the third quarter. Most of the teams would have packed it in. For example, Philly. What did Philly do in game five the moment it got crazy for them? Let's just sit our guys down. Don't worry. We're going back home for game six. Don't worry. Nah, Milwaukee kept battling, kept battling. It didn't matter. Down five under a minute to go. We're going to battle. We're going to put ourselves in position. Giannis misses a free throw. Bobby Portis is battling two dudes to get an offensive rebound. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Drew Holiday getting a defensive play two times in, the, in that last 30 seconds of that game. Those are the, the moments that you, if, if again, when you're a sports fan and you remember when that team was struggling to get over the hump, when they get over the hump and they come out on the other side, they look like a completely different team. Milwaukee is that. Milwaukee is a true champion. I, I think they win tonight. If they don't win tonight, if they don't win the series, I wouldn't hold it against them because I think Giannis has literally gotten everything he can get out of this group. When we look back at this group and be like, yo, he was out there with Drew Holiday as the second best player 
and Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, these guys was playing big minutes and they were still winning. It's all because Giannis was able to drop 40 points on the road in Boston and consistently keep them in the series. I think they win it tonight, man. I think Tatum's gonna play great. But oh, can we really expect another Al Horford game like that? Because Al Horford has played phenomenal the last two games. Yeah, I was just about to bring as the game is about to start. They just showed uh, when he dunked on Giannis that that and one of a night. I don't expect that again. I mean, the fountain of youth has to run out at some point. You know what I mean? The cup's got to be getting a little bit empty at this point. I mean, it's great to see me, you know, being an older guy. I love seeing the old guys do work. But I don't like that. Like if it wasn't for that game, you can't you can't tell me anybody in the state of Massachusetts thought that that uh, Al Horford was going to give them thirty. No way. <laughs> you know no what I'm way. saying? And, so, and and what he's been doing defensively because he he's yeah. taken on the, the physicality with Giannis to try to slow him down. I mean nobody can stop Giannis, but Al Horford is out there giving it his best to slow that man down. And it it took that for them to get a dub. You know what I mean? So. I don't expect another out-of-body performance like that, but I just something about them being at home tonight, and I just think this this is a perfect series for for to to go to a game seven, and I just want a game seven as a fan. I'm really I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping to see that. No, it's I'm worthy. Hoping. It's worthy of a game seven. It's definitely yeah. worthy of a game seven. I just think the the part that becomes very difficult is that human element of man we should be up three two you know and and no matter what anybody says every, every player can say oh we on to the next game or we're focused in a moment but when you have the collapse like they had at the end of game three wait a minute my bad they're in milwaukee Everything, tonight i just looked I was like, yeah i'm just like why is why are they wearing green yeah yo the whole time my whole tangent <laughs> you said it was four to seven. I'm like, I, I, I. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, it was, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Now that I see it, yeah, my bad. Now, they, now that I see it, it's in Milwaukee. But yeah, like I, I said, you, yeah, they. It's, I think it's over tonight, man. I think Milwaukee yeah, is going to go crazy tonight. Giannis is going to come out strong. The role players are gonna play even better in Milwaukee than they did in Boston. It's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be it's tough. Over, yeah. Damn, I, I think it's it was... Boston got on the whites. You know what I'm saying? Like, like to me, <laughs> just for just just for sake of argument. I mean, just for, you know to save myself here, to save face. Boston, yeah. Uh, at home, you're supposed to wear white at home. You know what I'm saying? And and, and them dark joints on the road. That, yeah. That's how I used to be. This the you new NBA. In, in the NBA, that's how it used to be. Football is a little different. So I saw, I saw the, you know, I saw the white Celtics jerseys. I saw the green Bucks joints and the floor, and the floor already green too. So yeah, I, I could have swore they was in Boston tonight. Oh well, yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over. Hey, um, before we wrap up this segment, we we got that NFL talk we want to get into as well. Um, the other game six tonight. I, I'm not putting any stock in that game five in Memphis. Um, I think the fact that Draymond and them was dancing around, even though they was getting blown about 50 shows, that they wasn't really too stressed. Yeah. Can we expect anything less than a blowout tonight? Because I'm expecting a blowout from Golden State to, to wrap that one up. Um, yeah, I, I think you're going to have Golden State by about 17 tonight. You know what I'm saying? And I got, I got a question, too, because there was a lot made of 
the John Moran injury and Jordan Poole, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, obviously you can see him grabbing at the leg. But how do we go from grabbing at a leg to having a deep bone bruise? Right. And that's like I, I didn't that's not a dirty play, man. It was no, it's not not only is it not a dirty play, but it just leads me to believe that Ja already had an issue with the knee. Cause I've never heard of a player you grab Oh, I see what you're saying. You yeah. grab the knee and that turns into a, a bone bruise? Yeah, bruise, yeah. Um Yeah, really, because there was no there wasn't even impact with his foot on the floor that like where it would have jolted. Yeah. You know what I'm Because you do have that sometimes, especially with knees, where it can reverberate from your foot to the knee. Nothing like that did occur. Um, you're right. There was probably something going on there that we didn't know about, and it just kind of further ex- further exaggerated a, a issue that was already there. But it definitely was just a you know it was just a freak thing. Yeah. I- I, I don't know, but um, we got Golden State winning tonight. We got we got a oh, Milwaukee yeah. winning tonight, and then uh, do we, are we are we bold enough to pick Dallas in Game Seven? Oh, for sure, I'm picking Dallas in Game. 7. Oh, really quickly too, because we're gonna wrap up the NBA talk so we can get into some NFL talk. Uh, Sean Marks came out and said we need everybody on board for the Brooklyn Nets. What does that really mean, Will? Uh, you talking about Coach Nash? That's what I, I, I don't got. know if he's talking about Nash. I don't know if he's talking about Kyrie. Oh yeah, uh, I don't think it was about Kyrie. I think it was more so like to me. I think it was more so about Nash because I didn't, I didn't see him do any coaching for that entire series. I didn't see, I didn't see a coach. I didn't like. I'm not in the huddle, but I didn't see him. I just saw him sitting there the whole, the whole playoff. I mean, the whole series. I didn't see him getting in any. I didn't see him drawing up plays. I didn't see him do anything except for maybe make substitutions. Like I mean, really, what what did what did Nash bring to the table as a as a head coach? Um, what do you what do you think Monster's talking about? You think, I think, you think I think he Kyrie? was I think he I think he was sending a message to Katie and Kyrie that they they've had the opportunity to run the show and now they need everybody on board with whatever decisions they make. I think oh, they like sit back and yeah. I think I think I think okay. he's kind of trying to let them. I think he's trying to let them know subtly that I need you to trust my decision making now. Like I've trusted you guys. I went and got Harden. We got Blake Griffin. We got Lamarcus because I wanted them veterans. We got Steve Nash. All right, that didn't work. So now you got to trust me. Also, real quick, I do agree with that. Now that you mention it, because because it was you that pointed out, especially how Kyrie said that. What was it Kyrie said? That it's, we don't uh, really need a coach. Yeah, that they don't need a coach. He also said something about the brain trust of the team. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Like, about like him, him and KD, through. everything they've been through. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, so, I think so that's I can, what he was I getting I definitely at, see that. I definitely see what you're talking about there. Um, I, but real quick, one more thing on the Philadelphia. When you mentioned that uh, Joel Embiid wanted Bradley Bill and didn't want James Harden. That's news to me. I did not know that, but that kind of ties into. I'm. I don't know if you saw yesterday. Um, shout out to the group for the love of the game that I mentioned. You did. I would trade Bradley yeah, for Bill Harden in a heartbeat for Harden straight up today. Well, we're gonna get into that. Let's let's wrap little- the NBA. I want to wrap the NBA segment because the game is about to start, and then we're gonna okay, get into okay. the NFL. 
All right, that wraps up for part one. Part two will be dropping on the 16th. Make sure you subscribe to the Sanchez Show. Make sure you shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. As I always say, I open up the platform for any great sports debates. So if it's something that you want to hear discussed on the show, a topic or a question you have, send it over, man. If you want to be a part of the show, let me know as well. We can make that happen. But for now, part one of this episode with Will Gordon is complete. Part two dropping in two days, man. The Opinionated Ones, The Sanchez Show. We appreciate the support. We'll see y'all soon.